All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you to Evan and Lena for covering 304 without me. That You guys did an amazing job. It was of so good. Uh, I wasn't you. the same without you, but it was really fun. Uh, yes, we are happy to give you the day off. I loved you reading my little notes of like me just being incapable of controlling myself when I'm doing the notes recap. Because <laughs> well, I do want to make it clear that like, okay, so if you if you guys don't know how this process works, Amanda watches the episodes, takes notes on every scene, and then puts them in there with like her own thoughts and stuff. And then we go over her notes. Um, And Evan and I usually like refresh ourselves on the episodes. I've been rewatching yeah. Um, from the beginning so we'll like refresh ourselves on the episodes and then also give our own thoughts like while we're talking but yeah that's like basically what this podcast is is us reading work that amanda did <laughs> all of amanda's side comments are always so much funnier than what actually is going on in the show and it makes it better <laughs> oh thanks guys it was really cool to listen to an episode that i like didn't know what what was gonna happen like that was that was awesome yeah um, it was fun but, you know, everybody needs a mental health break every once in a while. And now that there are three of us, there might be occasional episodes where only two of us are hosting because one of us needs a brain break. And that shit happens. So, but we're back. We're, we're back. back. All three of us needed to be here for this one. This one go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and all three of us are going to need to be here for the next one, too. Like, the season, because season three, because season Oof. three. Oh, Amanda, welcome back to season three, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is your first episode back to season three since the finale. How does it feel? It's, you know, it's like coming home. It's, uh, <laughs> as a person who just watched Supernatural all the way through twice post-finale, uh, you know, I can endure anything now, um, even knowing what the ending is like. I, yeah. you have so much power and your brain is so big. <laughs> like, I don't know how you were able to do it that many times since the series Doing already the damn ended. Thing. It is, it, you know, it's a lot, but I, people seem to like seeing me lose my mind about it on TikTok. So here we, here we are. Uh, but here, this is The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast. And this is season three, episode five, The Sins of My Caretaker banger episode a good a banger. episode like one of the better ones of the whole series if if i am honest like season three is like top of my charts like it's well post yeah like post mid-season they just had this like like out, season 3b is just like insane it's, it's so good it's so juicy like ugh, it feeds you so well like like every single character has a, has an interesting yep. story like line. season three um a was like the appetizer. <laughs> this is the main course, baby. This is the main course. <laughs> so without further ado, let's jump into this bitch. Uh, this episode was, of course, written by Sheila Callahan. This is Sheila's first shameless episode that she wrote with Sins of My Fucking Caretaker. And she made it clear what she came to do. <laughs> she She's like, Galovich, I fucking got you guys. Don't worry, besties. I got you. She knows how to write these characters immediately. She ends up writing 12 episodes, uh, 12 episodes total through 2018. She's also credited as a producer on 24 episodes. Yeah. And her other writing credits are shows like United States of Tarot, which is a fucking brilliant show, and Hemlock Grove. That's and a good Sorry for Your too. Loss and a few others. Hemlock mm -hmm. Grove? Yeah, it's a really good show. I watched it like years ago until um and i didn't realize it was fucking bill skarsgård's in that show oh yeah it's about like werewolves it's kind of interesting like it's not like it anything. Like. His, his whole niche of like the supernatural yeah but she did that and 
This episode was also directed by James N. Murrow. This is his one and only shameless directing credit, in and out. One hit wonder. He's also directed shows like Southland and Animal Kingdom, which have very kind of similar vibes and like that completely tracks. He is also a cinematographer and was the DOP on the first three Shameless Eps, uh, the pilot, Frank, the Plank, and Aunt Ginger. Good for him. Yeah. It was so, the the first three, the first whole like season was so British, the way that they filmed everything. Like, because they were just trying to pay homage to like the original, but like, dude, it was so British. <laughs> so British. And Southland and Animal Kingdom have really good cinematography too. So like it totally makes sense. Like, and he's been around shameless now. So like he knows what these characters are like, at least for the first three episodes. So I'm excited. I love, I love when DOPs direct because it always looks so good every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that one episode in season 11, like was gorgeous because the, because the DOP did it. Yeah. Uh, episode 10. I think. Yeah. Uh, so the synopsis of this episode is the city of Chicago gives notice that they're go that they're doing work on the sewer main. The problem: Aunt Ginger's bones are still buried in the lawn, and Frank needs to find her before the city does. The previously almost done by Frank, as most of the previously ons are, and previously on Shameless, Frank was helping Debbie train to hold her breath in the public pool. Carl thinks he has cancer. Jody is starting to open up to fun sex stuff with Sheila, except it might trigger his addiction. Fiona is stuck in blowjob hell at work. V and Kev are trying to get pregnant. Mandy has a half-sister, Molly, who has some gender stuff going on. (laughs) Fiona thinks Lip is sending the wrong signals to Mandy, helping out Molly like this. The whole family now knows that Ian is fucking Jimmy's dad, and Frank, a few episodes back, called CPS on the Gallagher's. Wonder what's gonna happen this episode. I really like that this episode aired three days after Valentine's Day, and we all know what happens in this episode. Yep, but it was our Valentine's Day treat. A treat. So true. Oh yeah, it aired on February 17th, 2013. And then we get the title sequence, and we open on the Gallagher yard being marked off with spray paint by city workers who even spray over Frank's unconscious body I laying love in the it, backyard. Because the, the guy's just like, fuck you, Frank, and just does it anyway. I like that shot a lot. He has it on him for, like, almost the whole episode. The entire episode. Yeah, the, the lineup is back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really like that shot because it does it over the camera, which is really cool, and I love when they do those things. The, when the cinematographer is the director, you get cool shit. When the POV shots... Upstairs, Fiona is trying to get off. She's trying to orgasm, but Jimmy has forgotten how to go down on her because he's <laughs> thinking about his gay daddy issues in his if I brain. Was, if I was Jimmy, I would simply be different. Yep. <laughs> if I was Jimmy, I would simply not not actually do that because Fiona deserves everything. Something in the little canoe or I forget who Yeah, she's like the little thing. man in the canoe. <laughs> Which is, like, true, but it's like, come on, Jimmy. I'm in a sailboat, not a canoe, so. (laughs) Yeah. But Fiona, Fiona does not have time for bad sex. She's got shit to do. And she does not have time to, for Jimmy's stupid fucking breakdown about his gay dad. She doesn't have the room to process it in her brain. Yes, it is, like, that is a really big deal, honestly. And it's, like, you should feel shocked and whatnot. Mm. But, like, the the way that he knows about all the other stuff going on in their lives and he still chooses to be, like, 
Um, I cannot focus on this right now. It's like, bestie, we got priorities. Yeah. yeah. So Fiona goes downstairs and answers the back door because the city workers are banging on the back door. And the guy kind of judges her for her like just woke up look like, and she like, stares back at him. She gives like, it's a whole story told in looks. He looks at her and she looks back at him like, yeah, the fuck are you looking at? Like. Like, yes, I just woke up. It's like seven in the morning, dude. The casual, the like the casualty of everyone always being awake at like 730 in the morning already doing 15 things is the most unrealistic thing of this fucking show. I mean, well, do you remember no. being in high school, though? Because when you went to school, you were up at that time of the day. But I'm talking about in the sense that they do so much stuff in the, the morning time. Oh, yeah. It's because time isn't real in the show. Yeah. But it is also just like when you wait, when you wake up at seven like on your own and start doing stuff you realize how long the day actually is oh yeah i i work mornings so it's like my start time will be like 6 30 in the morning i'll finish by noon i still got the whole day ahead of me yeah, yeah. okay but she answers the door uh, and he tells her the water is going to be shut off for the day because they're doing work on the sewer lines um and the, uh, it's in like two days they're going to shut the water off so they get a couple days warning they're digging up the yard to do sewer work and then over at sheila's she is waking up to jody standing above her installing a sex swing over their bed (laughs) this is and he's wearing like a like a thong or something like his his balls are like hanging out one of those little leather things this is where i would also like to announce that i have started black sales again (laughs) and i once again uh, endorse everybody watching Black Sails. I think I'm going to be put in the Instagram a picture of what Jody looks like as Captain Charles Vane in Black Sails because it's fucking hot. It's hot. <laughs> He's hot. I want to see Jody as a pirate. I've yet to like, look it up. Like Jody's hot, but pirate Jody? Sir, Zach McGowan. Ooh, like, okay. pardon? Yum. Amanda is now showing us a photo of Zach McGowan from Black Sails. I will Sales. put it on the Instagram because pardon? Yum. Hey, best- hey, bestie. But Jody is installing a sex swing because uh, he has opened himself up to doing sexy time stuff with Sheila. That's not just missionary and singing seal. And Sheila is happy about it. She's happy that it's not boring anymore, but she's a top and she likes being a top. And she's like, being submissive is like new to me. And I no, it's fine. And we can trade off. That's fine. Jody's like, we could take turns. She's like, no, that's good. It's good to like open up our horizons but like you can tell she just wants to peg a man and then go to bed yeah but it's also like her sex life with eddie must have been so boring for so long because didn't she because i know eddie like knew about the toys and stuff and like did it a couple times but she always mentioned she was like never seen eddie's penis it always had to be completely dark like yeah and like and they only had karen yeah she was their only kid so like they they probably probably did missionary and then yeah uh Poor Sheila. It's let's see. She's just like laying in the bed, and she's just like, I know it's supposed to help you, but I don't want to. <laughs> she like turns over. She's like, ah. And this is clearly Jody falling off the wagon with his old sex habits being less than healthy, and like he he is clearly spiraling. But she feels bad because she incited it. Mm-hmm. And then back at the Gallagher's, Fiona is on wake-up duty, 7 a.m., time to wake up everybody. She's trying to get everybody showered before the water gets turned off. And Molly beats Carl to the bathroom and is, like, aggressive about it. That scene is so tense. And for what? She's got, she's got, for lack of a better term, she's got little boy strength. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's, like, really shocked. And it's like, well. She, like, growls at freaking Carl. It's so funny. She's like, her. And so Fiona is a total bitch about it to Mandy, and she and Mandy use he pronouns to refer to Molly, but, like, I don't even know how to unpack all this conversation. Like, Fiona's like, have you told him? Like, it's just, just, 
I don't, why is it so hard? Why do you have to be a bitch about this? I don't yeah. understand. It is kind of a weird, like, gray area because it is like, okay, Molly was raised as a girl, but, like, from birth. And so it's like, a, like, she hasn't been able to make this her own decision. And obviously, like, just finding out, she's not going to decide, oh, well, I like being a boy better. I like being a girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Obviously, she's not going to make be able to make that decision, like, immediately, but it is, like, kind of... And, like... Yeah, it, I don't know. It's this weird gray yeah, area like, that they're it's in. like, what we mentioned last week, because it's, like, she obviously doesn't know what, like, being trans is, so it's, like, not even in the case of, like, like, oh, yeah. she's, like, I... Blah, 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 blah. It was just, like, yeah. no, she thinks she's a girl, so she was, bo- she was like grown up as yeah a girl. so like she doesn't she doesn't have any problem with it but she's like she doesn't know what the alternative yeah. is. she just got brought up being told some girls she's like it's my girl penis because some girls have those and very true some girls do have those but she doesn't have the full context of that conversation in her brain yeah like she's she's never experienced being a boy yeah being treated as yeah. a boy yeah and so it's like it's this weird yeah it's this weird little gray area that they're playing with and it's like i do commend them for like being ballsy and like doing that but it's also like now nowadays i'm sure we're like this is super transphobic this is horrible but then it was probably like okay mm-hmm. like representation yeah and i remember quote unquote, watching I this know. back i totally even forgot that it wasn't even like mandy or anyone who says it it's fiona who yeah. says it to uh, uh molly being like who tells her who tells her like your mother who just hated men or whatever and i was like that's it's still so hard to like figure out where to place it in that fence because i'm like is that just fiona projecting in that sense because of what she knows or is that actually the telltale truth of like what happened to molly because realistically molly's still being referred to as molly so there's 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 something there anyways we love her she's cute mandy rolls her eyes and tell and then goes into wake lip up with sex but he rejects her he's like i'm sorry uh you have to supervise daycare i have to go on a fireworks run with kev uh the day's busy we're it's a busy fucking day but ian meanwhile is in that little bed by the window going like other people in the room trying to sleep if you could stop Dude, this talking. is the big be- this is the beginning of ian's era where he is sleeping all the fucking time it seems like every other scene he's in he's like i'm sleeping I'm asleep. I'm sleeping. Man sleeps all the time. He's a sleepy little bitch. Wake up. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> Ian, wake up. And Lip asks uh, Mandy if there are any relatives that they can call for Molly. And she's like, the only one I can find is in the Navy, but he's out at sea and I can't reach him right now. And he's like, sorry. Uh, she tries to hang out again. He's like, sorry, I got shit to do. You got shit to do. I can't. Goodbye. I'm leaving you for the day. And like Mandy can sense that he's pulling away from her. And, like, you can see it in her eyes. Yeah, this is, like, the start of Lip being a little bit too aggressive towards Mandy. Well, because it's, like, he is pulling away, but at the same time, they spend all day every day together. I think a little distance in space is good for she them. She literally lives there now. I agree. Yeah. But but she doesn't operate that way. Like, she's she's feels emotionally dependent on him, and he's, like, I am still my own person. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is just, like, so it's, like, I don't really think at this point he's doing anything wrong because i think space is good for them Mm -hmm. and space is like healthy but it is just like i feel bad for her because she doesn't know how to cope with that because she uses sex as a as a measure of whether she's likable or not it's like in the phase where it seems like mandy thinks they're dating but lips like we're just we're still just hanging out yeah downstairs debbie is still training to hold her breath like with a bucket or no she's like just holding her breath while she makes breakfast it's like with the toaster i think yeah, and Jimmy is, like, staring into space, just thinking about his daddy issues, just leaning on the counter, staring into space like a little bitch. And 
Debbie compliments Molly's dress, which is in the color of the lesbian flag, which was I liked. Because the child version of Debbie is a good person. And Molly says, thanks, mm-hmm. this dress hides my girl penis. And like, <laughs> she said, mom says it's impolite to show off my bulge. Like... Well, okay, this is kind of off topic, but like bringing up the whole Debbie thing, I feel like kind of weird about the fact that we hate her so much because like, yes, she's awful, but it is also like every other member of the family has done shitty things. That is true. And we're all like, it's like, is it, is it misogyny? No, it's the fact that she's a rapist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is obviously something that I can't excuse, but it's like the other stuff that we rag on her for, like being selfish and whatnot. I'm like, but they're all selfish. We I'm rag like, on the other ones too. True. <laughs> Debbie just hits a nerve with me and I don't know why because I- Is it because she's a woman though? No. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm not like, I'm not suggesting <laughs> that you guys are thinking things. I'm just saying like, like, is like, do we need to take a step back? Do some internal cataloging? Like, I deal with my own internal misogyny. Yeah, so do I. They started writing her so horribly. Like- even Fiona does selfish stuff in the early seasons and we're just like, girl boss, do your thing. Yeah, and but, people, like, well, but people like I've seen on TikTok and Twitter are like, I hate Fiona. She's so selfish, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's misogyny. It's like, that's misogyny because Fiona gave up her entire life for those kids. And now that she finally yeah. gets to do things for herself, it's like Debbie's always been doing things for herself. Yeah. Debbie is just a selfish bitch 24-7 now. Like Debbie just only goes with what will benefit her in that moment. And I do rag on Lip a lot, too, because I just think he's so evil. Yeah, and we call Ian and Mickey dumb little assholes all the time, too. Because they are. Definitely, like, early on Lip and, like, mid-season was more, like, sneaky, like, bastard Lip. But, like, he's- he's, Like, it was fun to watch him, because you would be like, oh. Yeah, and, like, but, like, he's obviously redeemed himself since, like, he became a daddy and, like, all that stuff. But, like, no, them- they all equally have gotten the shit on from us. And, like, especially as we progress with later seasons, we will have more to say negatively about everyone. Oh, for sure. (laughs) It just so happens that Debbie sucks a lot. Yeah, it just so happens that they ruined Debbie completely. Maybe it's just because they don't have a lot of female characters in this show that I'm, like- Because, like, the fact that we're ragging on this one female character so much is, like, kind of- Because we can look at V throughout the entire series and be, like, I want to marry you, sit on my face, like- Well, V never does anything bad, ever. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. V has never done anything wrong in her entire life, so. She literally is never, she never, ever, ever, like, I can't even really think of one thing where I'm, like, she was completely in the wrong. Yeah. I really can't. Because V's right all the time. Let's go back to shitting on Debbie, but she's being cute right now. <laughs> yeah, she's still a good character. Yes. Fiona comes downstairs, tells everybody about the water being shut off and the yard being dug up by the city. She says, listen up, Gallagher's and Milkovich's. Bestie, you've got no idea how long you're going to be saying that in this well, kitchen. Well, a lot of the Milkoviches become Gallagher's. <laughs> that very true. Mil- there is always a Milkovich around in this goddamn kitchen, and I love that. Which is funny because they t- they like portray them as being like enemy families, like this like Romeo and Juliet. Because apparently Frank and Terry used to beef a lot, and then yeah. because it was like about which family was like running the South Side or whatever. And it's like, meanwhile, they're just fucking. Well, and it's like, yeah, it's like obviously, if you're talking about like business, the Milkoviches are running the South Side. If you're talking about oh, yeah. likability, yes, probably the Gallagher's. Over the Milkoviches, but it's like, yeah. you both suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Fiona gives out orders about the water usage in the house over the next couple of days. And Debbie's like, yeah, what are we going to do about Ginger, the body, and the backyard? And Fiona's I like, 
Debbie is the mastermind being like, Bones? Yeah. Remember this? Like, like remember this seemingly insignificant detail that you guys don't remember, but I remember because I'm the only character who remembers <laughs> things. Yeah. And Fiona's like, well, that is a problem for later in the day, Fiona. Um, she is off to work. She's got to get to work. She tells Jimmy, who is still staring off into space, she's like, you need to suck it the fuck up and get on with your life because I need you to be a functioning human. My favorite thing is when Debbie's like asking him for help and he's like, my finger, dude. My pinky's broken. <laughs> the way my he just finger, holds dude. up his hand and points at it. I'm like, I hate you. And he says, no yeah. biggie, just my universe falling apart. Your dad likes to fuck teenage boys. That is your dad's issue. And you are a grown man who has a family Literally. to contribute to. So It's like, it's weird because he's fixated on the gay thing when I think he should be fixated on the pedophile thing. Or the cheating on his mom thing. Like there's so many other contenders. Yeah, because he's like, oh, when I brought my friends over, was he checking out their asses? Oh, when he talked to that teacher alone, like what, did they have sex? It's like, no, bestie, you should not be thinking about that. You should be like, uh, does my dad find children attractive? Uh, is my dad a predator? Yeah, because he's currently fucking a teenager. Just think, just a thought. Just think and thoughts. Yeah, not even like it's a past tense thing. They're still yeah. having sex. So Lip picks up baby Liam and does his little baby talk voice that Jeremy Allen White does, and my heart exploded. When he walks it when he walks away and he goes, <laughs> Liam talking this whole season is just uh, he's babbling like a baby. I love when they babble. And so, like we said, things are super awkward between Jimmy and Ian. And, like, they just, like, can't be in each other's orbit. It's super weird. And outside, Fiona is waking up Frank by throwing him a shovel, commanding him to find Ginger in their yard before the city does, because then they will find out that Ginger is dead and he has been cashing fraudulent checks and somebody's going to go to fucking prison. And Debbie gives him a beer. And, so, and he, like, gets up to start looking. Like, good morning, here's a shovel and a beer. Start digging up a body. It's like a it's like a shovel, a beer, and some Advil yeah. for his hangover. <laughs> <laughs> Little hair of the dog. And then inside, we get the iconic Jimmy-Ian this... moment of Ian telling Jimmy to stop looking at his dick. And he's like, I'm not even thinking about your dick in my dad's mouth. And then he says to Carl, it's a figure of speech. It's like saying, none of your business. Your dick's in my dad's mouth, man. But, like, why, why lie? Like, just tell Carl that Ian fucked your dad. Why are we hiding that Ian is gay from Carl? Do, De do Debbie and Carl not know that Ian is gay? No, Debbie knows because then the next season... She, like she's talking to Mandy and Mandy's like what do you know about like what do you know about Ian's personal life and Debbie's like oh well he's gay but like Carl doesn't seem to know yeah I don't think Carl knows because no because I just think they I just think they never told him and he didn't figure it out because he's stupid also and later in this episode when Debbie's at the pool those girls come up to her and she's like are you a lesbo and she's like no I believe all gay people should love each other I, I... think they are great She's like, I have family and friends. Yeah, like, like I feel gay. like Debbie definitely knows. So is this just a Carl big dumb dumb moment? Is this just? I think it. I think it's like they never tried to hide it, but Carl never figured it out because nobody straight up told him. Yeah, and I feel like it's not a topic. Yeah. They obviously they don't. It's not like they talk about it at dinner. It's like I feel like Lip and Ian have their own little conversation, and then. Fiona and Ian have had that one conversation. I feel like otherwise it's not really like a topic. Well, yeah. And it's like Ian's not bringing Mickey around like this is my Literally. boyfriend, everybody. Yeah. Like that's just like not happening. So I don't know. But now Carl has so many gay people questions. And that is Carl's whole thing through this whole episode. He's so funny. This is funny. And it sets up really nicely for his foster family. <laughs> I need to know where the gay penises go. Oh, my God. We get to see little Hank again. Mm -hmm. Yes, but we'll get to that. So Frank comes in the back door and asks 
Jimmy if he's any good with power tools and Jimmy just holds up his broken finger. <laughs> he does call him Jamie though. He's like, <laughs> Jamie. He gets flat, flat out rejected by Lip too. And then he tries to recruit Carl to get some tools for Sheila's house. And Carl's like, I can't. I have cancer. And Frank's like, oh, I forgot that I told you that. Um, The clinic called and you're fine. He's like, I'm sick. And he's like, you don't look sick to me. He's like, cancer? And he goes, oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Dude, the pills work. The pills work. It's so, this scene is so funny. I like, it's stuff like that that I always forget, like, how good of an actor William H. Macy is. Like, I'm just like... Ah, yeah, every yeah. scene, I'm just like... He just makes everybody else look better in, by literally. comparison. And then we go we go over to the public pool where Debbie begins her journey of being corrupted by the bitchiest teenagers I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, they're such... They're so annoying. Like you said, they ask if she's a lesbian and like, trick question. Foreshadow, but the writers didn't know that. She didn't know. Debbie be like compulsory heterosexuality. And then she goes on a rant about gay rights like all true allies do before we realize like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> But the bitches are just bitches who tell Debbie to grow some tits. She's 10. She's a good couple years away from that. So, And her tits are like, I'm here. I'm here. Well, I'm- Current, current Emma. Current, current Emma. Current Emma. About. Her tits are like, I'm here. And I relate to her for that one. <laughs> At Sheila's house, there are sex toys everywhere. And Jody and Sheila are fucking super loud upstairs. And Frank takes all the credit for that. He's like, I made that happen. And then he tells Carl that a butt plug is a pacifier for your anus. <laughs> Which isn't wrong. He's- anyway, there's a knock on the door and it's a priest. It's a priest with another person for Sheila's hospice. Uh, but I can't stress enough how many sex toys are in this living room. There are so many sex toys all over this living room of the house that the priest is currently knocking on the door. And so Jody comes downstairs in a fluffy purple robe and helps bring the patient inside it's a nun who has taken a vow of silence do you have to have like any like credibility for taking in random hospice patients or can you just be a volunteer she got a license she you have to have a license so like originally with peg she was just taking care of her and then she was like i really like this and then there was that other guy who was like had the throat thing yeah and they just kind of gave him to her because he was homeless living in the church basement Mm -hmm. she's pretty much just taking on anybody that the church can't and doesn't have room for anymore yeah and then i think she ended up getting a license like in between that gotcha yeah but there's a great moment in all the chaos of the priest and jody and the sex toys and sheila and the nun where frank interrupts and he's like where is the shed key and sheila's like oh it's over here why are you orange because of the (laughs) orange stripe going down and like it was just a great joan cusack moment because it was just chaos 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 why are you orange and he just doesn't answer he's like don't know don't care, actually. <laughs> but at the cash and grab, uh, Lloyd or Ned, I guess he is Ned now, and they just decided that was his name instead of Lloyd. Well, well Lloyd is the fake name he gave Ian. No, Lloyd Ned. is also what Jimmy's mom called him. Yeah, no, I... his name's Ned. His name's Ned Lishman. No, Jimmy's mom at dinner called him Lloyd. And then at, later at the house calls him Ned. Okay, so they forgot. Maybe so Lloyd is forgot. his middle name or something? <laughs> yeah, I bet it has to be something. He It's like definitely a name of his. Because like there's because, no way. Yeah, because, he int- because Ian knows him as Dr. L. But not like but not like Dr. Lishman. Like he's like Dr. Lloyd. Let's not pretend that they put any thought True. into this. They forgot <laughs> what his name was and they gave him a new True. name. <laughs> 
So at the cash and grab, Ned comes in and half-acidly apologizes for climbing naked into bed with Ian's brother. <laughs> and then he asks if he can kiss Ian in the cash and grab. And then he asks Ian to rob his house for him because his wife changed the locks and he needs some of his stuff. And he steals a strawberry. And he steals a strawberry. He like seductively eats a strawberry. Okay, Harry Hamlin, that's okay, fine. I don't get why, like... Are him and the wife beefing so much he can't even grab his shit? Like, yeah, she, she changed, changed the, the locks. locks. Get fucking Jimmy to go do she's it. She's been like throwing all the stuff out. Ned's like, whatever. I'll just like file insurance for it and get the money. So because he, he tells Ian, take as much as you want from the house. I don't give a shit. And like, fam, how are you still okay with flirting with this teenager after being caught naked by his family? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the whole like being able to steal stuff is yeah. like his way of apologizing. And but also like not two episodes ago, getting beat the fuck up by Mickey too. Like man's is just like yeah. I'm a, I'm a die. He's like, I'm down bad. I'm still ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm down bad for Ian. <laughs> so Frank took a riding lawnmower from Eddie and Sheila's shed and a bunch of Eddie's old tools from Sheila's house. And now he and Carl are headed back home. He's riding a riding lawnmower, which you don't need to dig up a yard. Why did you steal the lawnmower? Just for transportation, probably. Yeah. Carl is asking gay sex questions uh, with Jaime strapped to his chest. I love that he's carrying Jaime. But, like, this conversation with Frank and Carl is, like, kind of okay. Like, Frank is always kind of great with gay yeah. sex conversations. Because he's so, he doesn't hold anything back, but he's also not, like, super detailed about it. And he also doesn't, like, judge. Yeah. Because as we've seen, he has hooked himself out to pay the bills yeah. sometimes. Yeah, he's like, I don't care what people do, actually. And I feel like people, yeah. this is a lot of the things, like, people always forget about Frank's character is that, like, he'll say whatever he needs to say in that moment to be able to get what he needs. So, like, whenever he's, like, more mm -hmm. nasty and more negative, even though that is him as a person and stuff like that, especially, like, uh certain topics and stuff like that, like, you can tell, like, when it's, like, genuine and when he's doing it to benefit only himself. Like, this shit, like, he's even, especially yeah. from the get-go, when even when he caught Mickey and Ian, he was just like, what's up, guys? As you were, soldiers, like... He was like, I'm going to take some money while I'm here. But but at work, Fra uh, Fiona is getting pranked and harassed by her co-workers. They're putting tacks in her change drawer um, because she's the only person not blowing the manager and they're all fucking pissed about it. Also, who doesn't see tacks in your drain drawer? Because I look at those coins. If they're clear or if they're silver, they look like coins. You throw them in with coins oh, and they look like coins. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and also like... I, like, when I do change, like, I'm going so fast. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm literally so bad with money. I stare intently and have to, like, count 14 <laughs> times to be able to take money out of the register. But, like, they're all so mad that she's the only one not blowing the manager and she has to keep her job. You can all just stop blowing him. If you all do that, then then he can't fire you all. That was her whole point. Strength in numbers, man. Penis strike. But instead, they'll just be mad at Fiona. I'm also genuinely surprised, like, there had to be a female worker prior that would have had to revolt in some way. I guess that he just, like, fire her and then just be like, bye. And yeah, just kept probably. only the true allies. Maybe they're not mad because, like, she's currently not doing it. Maybe they're mad because she never got to do it and she still got the job. Yeah. Mm. Because I'm sure other people have been turned, have just been turned away when they've refused, like Fiona initially was, mm -hmm. but nobody's ever taken the time to come back and blackmail him. Yeah. But 
Okay, so over to the doctor's office. V is worried about the fact that she still isn't getting pregnant. And I would like to take this moment in this episode to address the Gilmore Girls to Shameless pipeline. Alex Borstein was a Gilmore Girls bit actor because she was also married to the guy that played um, Suki's, Suki's husband uh, for, for a while. She wrote for Shameless. V's doctor in the scene was also a reoccurring townsperson on Gilmore Girls, Gypsy the Mechanic. And then later in this episode, Lane Kim shows up. In Alex Borstein. Alex Borstein is the center. The Gilmore Girls to Shameless Pipeline. The Workaholics to Shameless Pipeline. The Workaholics to Shameless Pipeline go crazy. Actually, I feel like it's like, no, because she probably hooked up Steve Howie and Blake Anderson. Oh, yeah. It's things that make you think. Things that make you think. But V's mom is also there uh, to help to give her moral support and tell the doctor that she got Veronica's hopes up about the likelihood of her getting pregnant. But Veronica's now being told she has a 99.99% chance of not getting pregnant. At the Gallagher house, Carl is getting a less than helpful gay sex lesson from Hank while they dig up the yard. (laughs) Yeah. Your pee holes get bigger. (laughs) Yeah, isn't he like their pee's go, the pee hole opens up and one goes into the other? (laughs) It was like when you get like hard or whatever, your pee hole gets bigger. I guess, like, because Hank, little Hank is always like, oh, yeah, I watch porn. Like, I, like, he hasn't, but it's like he hasn't stumbled across anything. Little boys are stupid and they make things up to make themselves sound smart. That's what little boys do. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Mandy is chipping in at the daycare. Debbie brags about her day at the pool to Frank and that she didn't get drowned. And then Carl and Hank hit a sewer line when they're digging. And now the whole yard smells like sewer line. Well, yeah, because they're like, we hit something. And it's like, Bessie, how did you not know that that was a pipe? And then on the side of the road, somewhere on their firework journey, Lip and Kev are trying to get the ice cream truck working again because it probably uh, crapped out. And they're talking about Kevin V and Kev's wife like Lip wasn't there. Like, he's like, that's crazy. Your wife showed up. Like, you literally protected the television from the fist fight. What are you talking about? I think maybe he's, like, maybe he's, like, retelling how, like, the events when Lip wasn't there. Like, oh, yeah, she showed up, stayed in my house, like, did this and this and this. Because did Lip only show up for that last end scene? Yeah, that was because his, the whole time he spent that episode doing the pedophile thing. Mm. But they just, they're just doing that. So that they can start talking about Lip's relationship. Yeah. Because Lip says Mandy is getting clingy. And Kev says, yeah, you rescued Molly. You're like a superhero. And then Kev asks a bunch of questions. He's like, does she do your laundry? Does she cook for you? Does she? Yeah, you're ghetto married. One plus one is two. I think you referred to this like literally like right before we stopped doing season three, like two episodes before you mentioned like the whole ghetto married thing. And I love that line so much. And Lip says, Lip says he hates it. He hates this situation. And Kev's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like, you get sex and she's nice to you and she cooks for you. What is, what is the problem here? And, he, and then he says, Karen messed you up, dude. Kevin is wise. Lip's face. Lips, he's like, no, she didn't. But it is like, yes, Karen, Karen messed him up, but- was it really Karen's fault or was Lip like- It's not entirely her fault, but he was her- She was his first great love and the way she treated him did fundamentally fuck him up yeah. about relationships. Yeah, true. Well, she looked good doing it. They get the truck running again and then they're back on their way home. Speaking of home, Fiona walks in with groceries. Debbie bitches about daycare moms who make up stupid excuses about why they're late for pickup. And in the living room, Jimmy is still 
bitching about the gay dad stuff and says that gay dudes hit on him all the time. To which V points out, yeah, dude, you usually smell good and you take care of yourself. Of course, gay dudes hit on you. Like, look at you. He was like, you wear coconut hair product. (laughs) (laughs) And you look like that, bestie. Debbie and Carl reveal that they did not find Ginger in the yard and they're in fact busted the sewer line instead of finding the bones of the woman buried in the backyard. And then Kevin Lip come in with all of the fireworks asking, they're like, we ran out of room. Can we store it here? And Fiona's like, are you crazy? Look at that kid's face pointing to Carl. (laughs) He's so crazy eyes. He's so excited. And then Fiona talks to Kevin V about putting up with Jimmy's dad stuff. And he's literally within earshot hearing everything they're saying. And Kev tells Lip how to reorganize the truck. Like, actually, if you move this, this and that, we could put a bunch of fireworks here, here, and here. And Manny's like, I'll help. And she like jumps up and helps. Like, and then V lies to Kev about never having had the chance to go to the doctor that day. She just lies and says that she didn't go because she doesn't want to talk about it. Mm. And Fiona asks, like, can you get a surrogate? And V's like, are you volunteering? And Fiona's like, fuck, no. <laughs> so V's like, well, then it costs too much. And then she chops some meat about it. They're just chopping up She's meat. aggressively chopping that, like, it's a thick old piece of meat. Yeah, it's, um... From the, from the deli section at the store. So it's like yeah. bulk meat. <laughs> and then at the Jackson house, Sheila is trying to bond with this mute nun. She, this nun that has taken a vow of silence. Uh, and Sheila's trying to talk to her and bond with her. But she keeps getting distracted by the installation of the sex swing going on up in her bedroom. It's just like drill sounds and hammering. It's so funny. <laughs> and Sheila looks like distraught. And she's like, you, you've taken a vow of silence. So you don't talk. You don't talk to anybody? And then the nun like pretty much confirms it. And she's like, okay. And then she starts unloading on the nun. It's like, oh, bestie. She starts cleaning her sex toys in front of this nun and venting about how she made a mistake pushing Jody like she did. And now she can't find her way out of it. Like, baby. Was not a good idea doing that, Sheila. She says she can't figure out if what they're doing is hurting or being healthy in bed. And she's like, I enjoy inflicting sexual pain. It gives me so much pleasure. (laughs) I love her. I love this woman. Good for her. I'd also like to talk about the camera shot in this scene. So like while she's talking to the nun and while all the noise is going on upstairs, the camera is on the ceiling looking down at them like it's on the ceiling fan or like it is this looming action happening up on the second floor or the idea of God looking down upon this nun and Sheila in judgment. Like the placement of the camera in this scene was like really, really creative and really cool. Mm -hmm. And that's what you get when you let a director of photography direct the episode. You get cool shots like that. And then also we get Jody calling Sheila mom again. Oh yeah. He calls her mom. So weird. But this time it's like mommy. Mommy. (laughs) Mommy, not like, not like mom, like you're my mom, like mommy, mommy. (laughs) And then at the Gallagher house, Jimmy and Fiona are doing the dishes and Jimmy has a breakthrough about some more dad bullshit. And then he's on a roll. Like it's just a montage of them going through the rest of their night, like showering and and getting in bed and all the things. so annoying. (laughs) And again, there's creative camera choices. Like while he is sitting on the toilet, just talking to her about his revelation about all of his gay dad shit. Fiona is in the shower trying to listen and be supportive and shampooing. And like the camera is like at the shower head looking down on her. And it's really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then in the next scene, Debbie is sneaking out of her room to steal a bathing suit and the camera's like all the way down the hall, like hidden around the corner. And it's just a really cool shot of like Debbie sneaking out, like the the way the camera is placed gave you that like sneakiness. they, They do a lot of like higher up shots in this episode. But Debbie sneaks in to Fiona's room to steal a bathing suit from Fiona so she can have a big girl bathing suit to wear to the pool so that she doesn't get made fun of. And in the boys' room, Carl is now learning about the butthole involvement of gay sex uh, because he has to know where the penises go. (laughs) And then Mandy comes in to answer the questions instead of Ian, the one having the gay sex. I think Ian is trying to to be incognito. (laughs) He is on incognito mode. Because... Because Carl runs his mouth. Well, because I feel like Ian would be like, if I answered this, then Carl would be like, how do you know so much? Because with Lip, it's very obvious. It's like, oh, Lip's brought his girlfriends around forever. And also Lip is just cultured. So it would make sense for him. to. So my big brother Lip, who knows everything. But if Ian did, it'd be like, how do you know that? But like, Ian... How do you, I don't how understand do you know? why we're hiding the fact that Ian is gay from Carl. Like, why are we... <laughs> what is happening here? I feel like maybe Carl just, like, can't keep a secret and then it would be, like, really bad for everybody if he was like, oh, I have a gay brother, by the way, and they were like, what's his name? Should we beat him up? (laughs) Yeah. Carl runs his mouth, so I think it's probably smart that they didn't tell him yet. Yeah. At least till he's a little older. But while Mandy is answering these questions, Lip comes in and Mandy's like, me and Ian are going to get high and watch TV. Do you want to, do you want to get high and watch TV? Family guy. They're going to watch Family Guy. guy. So embarrassing. Well, isn't Alex Borstein play Lois? Yeah. Yep, she does. Connections. Connections being made. Fiona comes in. She's like, last call on laundry because they're going to shut the water off. I have to do laundry tonight. And Mandy's like, oh, I already did me and lips. And Fiona gets pissy about it. And she's like, well, next time, throw in everyone else. It's like, shut the fuck up. Why are you being so annoying? Like, honestly, that was probably a full load if she did both her yeah. and lips laundry. Yeah. That was probably a that was probably a full a like full she's list, just so. such an asshole to the Milkoviches all the time and it bothers me so much. It is like my one big negative trait about Fiona is how mean she is to the Milkoviches at and all. And I feel times. like we've never seen her directly like affected by them either. Too, she's just always like a bit yeah. towards either of them. I think I think she has this whole like holier than thou mindset because the Milkoviches do illegal stuff for fun while the, like and to survive, but the Gallagher's do illegal stuff pretty much only to yeah. survive. Mm-hmm. And they look down on them. But they're like, but the Milkoviches like the Milkoviches like take pride in doing illegal crime activities. Like they love but it. The Gallagher's actually want to make something of themselves. There are some Milkoviches you can shit on at all times, and his name is Terry. All the other Milkoviches like. Give me a moment. Well, and a lot of the other ones. Yeah, the ones that we care about, though. Why are we being a bitch to them? What's happening here? Yeah. And then at the ball house, it seems that V had the, okay, I actually did go to the doctor and I can't get pregnant, like, conversation with Kev because they're talking about adopting and accepting the fact that they might never get pregnant. And V goes on a rant. She's like, is it meant to be that I got an STD that trashed my tubes and how I found the bastard that gave it to me on Facebook, saw that he has eight kids and went a little crazy in a post on his wall? I'm like, baby. Mm. Poor V. And Kev says he wants to, she's like, and fuck you for not wanting to fight for this. And he's like, baby, I want to fight for this more than anything in the world. And they're like, well, that means just because we don't know if we can doesn't mean we should stop trying. And so they fuck. Mm -hmm. Good for them. The next morning, Fiona wakes up Frank outside and says that if the city finds the bones and figures out what Frank's been doing, then he'll never get out of prison about the social security checks. He'll never get out of prison. But anyway, it's time for fun. Mm-hmm. It's Woo! time. It's fun Woo! times. Woo! 
This is when the episode starts ramping up. Everything starts yeah. coming together. It is like the true halfway point of the season. Like halfway through episode five, we're like, and we're off. It's uh Ian and Mickey are on a rooftop somewhere yeah. in an obstacle course that I can only imagine that they built together. Fucking adorable. It's their hangout. It's, it's their, their spot. spot. It's their spot. Mickey has his little uh, perch where he watches him. Ian is running the obstacle course while Mickey up on his little perch is shooting real bullets at Ian while Ian runs the course because Mickey is a good shot and Ian trusts Mickey to not actually shoot him. Plus I bet Mickey was like, well, if I shoot at you, then it simulates real war yes. things. So if I actually shoot at you and Ian was like, are you trying to kill me right now? And also danger sexy. So a cigarette sexy, maybe? Ian brings up robbing Ned's house with him and Mickey just, he's like, can I bring my cousins? And Ian's like, yeah, sure. And Mickey's like, I don't know what you see in that geriatric Viagroid. And Ian's like, he's nice. He buys me stuff. And Mickey shoots the gun twice in what I have always interpreted as Mickey going bullshit to that answer. And then Ian pauses and goes, he isn't afraid to kiss me. And then we get a gorgeous shot of Mickey blowing out smoke with the gun in his hand. From his nose. Mm-hmm. From his- Yeah, he's like from his nose. He just kind of like looks at him. Oh, Iconic. Bestie. That has to be the photo so that good. we use for this episode because that shot is fucking beautiful. And he's all sweaty from like the sun. And he's Huge. contemplating. He is thinking about those things that Ian just said to him. He's like, he's not afraid to kiss me. Is Mickey afraid? What are you afraid of, Mickey? Well, because what I, what I wonder is it like, okay- is this just their first kiss on screen or has it happened before maybe by accident or has Ian tried and Mickey's like pulled away? Well, there's the famous kiss me and I'll cut your fucking tongue out. So like, I guess it's just an agreed upon. They never talk about it. They never kiss. It's never a thing. Because obviously we talked about this before, how obviously Cameron was not 18 for a while. So they obviously weren't allowed to kiss. So was this just put in to But then it became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I do feel like maybe Ian tried to push it a couple times. And then he was like, Oh yeah, like, Ian has definitely like kissed his neck and like, t- and tried it and pushed his luck and little things. But mm-hmm. I love this. Like he isn't afraid to kiss me. Like he didn't say anything directly to Mickey, but he laid that out as a challenge. Yeah. Like step up, bestie. <laughs> Over to the ice cream truck. Kevin Lip are slammed. There's people everywhere. They're super busy. And Mandy comes in. She's like, can I help? And Kev is like, yes. And Lip says no. And at the same time, <laughs> Mandy sits there and she like tries to help to roll some joints for them. And she asks Lip, like, do you have community service hours left? Maybe I can help you finish them up. And she's being nice. And Lip snaps at her and tells her to go home to her own fucking house. She's trying to help you finish your community service, you absolute fucking dickhead. Yeah, she's trying to make it easier for you, douchebag. And even Kev agrees. He's like, that was harsh, what you just did. Like, Agreed. Especially to a woman mm-hmm. whose family can have you killed. Maybe handle her a little softer. Just just a suggestion. At work, Fiona gets locked in the bathroom by her co-workers who blow smoke into the room and then set her up with a pack of cigarettes sitting on the sink to try to get her into trouble. The manager tries to call her out on it and she's like, I don't even smoke parliaments. <laughs> yeah, they're a, Mar- they're a Marlboro family. Yes, they are. Marlboro Reds, baby. Not only was I not smoking, that's not even my fucking brand, bitch. Love you. And then back at the community pool, the older bitches are trying to corrupt Debbie still. And she's wearing Fiona's white bikini, which uh, she has the top stuffed with socks. And the bitches are like, oh, Oh. nice tits. And they clock it. But Debbie doesn't understand that they are clocking her. And then we're going back to Jimmy. He is still going through it. He's at the alibi now. 
complaining about being broke, to which Tommy points out, so is every fucking buddy in this bar, you <laughs> asshole. And Kate, the bartender, has had gone on vacation, so she tells Kev about it. And once again, Jimmy makes something about himself, complete with calling his dad a fairy. Classic Jimmy. Just dropping a slur, my guy. Kate's like... A fairy? Really? Is it like 1963? What, what are we doing? Oh yeah, Kate, Kate calls him out. Yeah. I miss her so much. Kate was queer and I, I will not be taking questions. Oh no, she was des- definitely a lesbian. That's why she was so embarrassed about having sex with Frank. Yes. <laughs> and then Kev comes over and says that no one likes to hear a grown man whine, dude. And Jimmy needs to get the fuck over it because Fiona doesn't have time for all of this bullshit. Kev is the sayer of truths in this episode. Kev is yeah. the ultimate. Because, like, Jimmy's being so stupid. Like, he already had his chance to have that the night of. Obviously, him and Fiona probably talked about it. So he probably was able to speak his fucking truth going on through that. But he's been sulking and everyone's fed up with it. It's been a couple days. Yeah. 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 And then in comes Frank to the alibi, lying about a bounty of jewelry from a robbery that his mom pulled back in the day that's in his backyard. And then he says some racist things and tries to fool some of the barflies into helping him dig up his backyard. And Tommy and the one-armed man are the only ones that agree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember the one-armed guy from season one. I remember Or season two. I think it was season two, actually. When Jody was there. And uh, at the pool, Debbie gets out of the water she rings the socks out in her top that you can like see the lines on the tube socks through the top of the white <laughs> it's so <bathing> chunky <laughs> and she like rings it out and the the bitches have set her up they put ketchup on her chair and they start screaming ew period and when she sits on that's it that's so fucking mean it's so mean so, so evil sad. i so i feel bad for baby debbie baby debbie is a different thing yeah. um and then we join Kevin V. They're pulling up to Kev's mom's, or they're pulling up to V's mom's salon, going over the fact that all of their other options for surrogates are not options. Fiona's too white yeah. and, and all these other things. There's actually a really cute moment where Kev asks V about, he's like, what about your pretty cousin? She's like, you're, you're pr- my pretty cousin. It's like, no, cause you're pretty. And I want our kid to be pretty. Like you're pretty. And I'm like, I don't know. But then she goes, she's 16 yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like uh but like that was really cute though he's like she's really pretty and you're really pretty and i want our kid to be really pretty like you oh babe adorable and then in the gallagher yard tommy and the one-armed man are still helping frank dig and even they are starting to get fed up about the sewer smell in the backyard i can smell that like i can smell that in my brain um inside ian is in his rotc gear for some reason and like we we never understand why he doesn't say where he's going like there's no reason that he's in his rotc gear and he asks why lip is being a dick to mandy and lip says she's not my wife and ian in that soft little ian voice that he does says no she's a good person who does nice things for you and just because facts and he says i'm her best friend and just because karen wiped her ass with you doesn't give you the right to shit on mandy his best line this entire episode yeah yep I don't even count he isn't pretty kiss me. No, that is his best line this whole episode. Yep, you tell him, King. And then Fiona comes in. She's like, well, Frank still hasn't found the bones. Bad news. We all have to dig all night long to find Aunt Ginger before the fucking city does. And Molly makes a couple comments about what her body is like for a girl. And then Fiona sits her down and tells her that she isn't a girl. Except maybe she is. You don't know, Fiona. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also like Molly was never presented the option, so maybe she doesn't really know either. But like, maybe she is a girl. She just needs proper 
education about what's happening with her body. But Fiona was evil for the way she said it. Yes. I am not oh, yeah. anti-Fiona, but I am anti the way Fiona speaks to every fucking Milkovich that enters that house. Like, I am anti that. Yeah. Upstairs, Debbie is crying. Uh, she comes she comes running in crying about her encounter at the pool. And Fiona goes up to check on her and Debbie tells her through the door. Like, Emma does a great job in this. She's fully sobbing telling Fiona through the mm. door. She's always been a really good crier, crying on command. She's fantastic at it. Yeah. Especially like for a 10-year-old, like this scene was really good. Oh yeah, I mean she always did a really great she did a really great job in season 1 when Monica was back and Ethan was just sitting like stone-faced next to her and she was full on sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> she's very good. She's, yeah, she's really good and she's like I wasn't, I didn't even get my period. They just faked it. There's bitches. And like Fiona gives a really great speech. She's like, you're going to get to watch them and you're going to get to learn from their mistakes. And babe, the speech, the speech is great. Emma or Emmy delivers it really well. But knowing how Debbie turns out, it like rings hollow, like that whole speech. Mm-hmm. And, but we do get the nobody fucks with the Gallagher's line. At Sheila's house, she's still tending to the, she's tending to the nun who is asleep in the in the living room and the nun has like this ipad that the the priest said that she likes to play candy crush and everything on no it was angry birds she was like she could play angry, angry birds. birds till the till the cows come home yeah. or something <laughs> so the nun is asleep and so sheila goes over to pick up the ipad and she looks at the ipad and the nun is running a blog where she is posting all about sheila's sex life <laughs> and the blog is called sins of my caretaker episode drop uh amazing what a cool concept though actually is like a nun in hospice who took a vow of silence but runs a vlog and posts about her caretaker <laughs> like the creativity here another great joan moment she's like i thought you took a vow of silence that silence doesn't include the internet like <laughs> In the yard, everybody's still digging. Carl has gotten into the fireworks and he blows up a portion of the yard and everybody freaks out until they're like, well, that kind of worked, actually. And so they go tell him to get more. <laughs> and then through this, through this, this is another great shot. He throws the firework, it explodes. And then through the smoke, Jimmy comes walking into the yard. Drunk, stumbling Jimmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With like a glass from the alibi in his hand. And he's still complaining about his dad. But Fiona, she's had enough. She's done. She's fucking done with this. And Emmy gives another great Fiona speech. The transphobia is there. I acknowledge it. There's transphobia in this speech. But Justin and Emmy yelling at each other is tough. When that vein starts to pop out in his forehead, you know it's getting real. (laughs) The side of her neck and that vein in his forehead. I'm like, oh, shit's going down. And and, uh, Justin's forehead. But her eyes literally look like they're about to bulge out of her head. Well, and you can see the tears and like welling up too. Mm. She's so good. Yeah. She's like, we are literally digging up a body right now. How can you even compare our situations? I do understand what he's trying to say about like the trauma Olympics where it's like, oh, my trauma is way worse than your trauma. But it's like, Bessie, this is like a, this is a time sensitive situation. Like, of course we can unpack this later, but like right now you got to get with the program. Yeah, you got to pick up a fucking shovel. You got to pick up a shovel. Yeah, the way she says it too. She's like, you can talk all you want about your gay dad, but dig while you're doing it. And it's like, okay, I like, sure. And then he- pussies out again and she says oh that's great walk away it's a real pussy move yeah why don't you go cry to your gay dad about it (laughs) i always love the way she delivered that line it's to your gay she's got some hard chicago a's in that one she's like your gay dad about it yeah she's pushing that chicago accent 
at the ball house, Veronica is trying, Veronica's mom is sitting on the couch and Veronica's like, so yeah, you're going to carry the baby for us. And then Veronica's mom's like, so then you take it and I don't deal with it. And, and they're like, yeah, while Kev is whacking off in the closet into a turkey baster, whatever works. They got to keep it fresh. Yeah. Insemination is expensive. Do it yourself. DIY. The sun is starting to go down. So Fiona calls it on the digging for the night. And Lip and Fiona have, like, a little moment. And Fiona says, the Gallagher sure know how to pick them. And, like, that's a lot. Uh, but it makes Lip call Karen for some reason. Well, because everybody this yeah. whole episode was like, Karen shat on you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. I think he's finally starting to realize, like, Karen fucked me up. Yeah, because he calls her. And Jeremy, we get another Jeremy mo- Sheila knows how to write moments for, like, every character. Because we get a great oh, yeah. Jeremy moment. And, like, no matter how mad I am at Lip, like, I love to watch Jeremy do things. And he rants to Karen on the phone about what a selfish bitch she is. He's so, like, just, like, jab after jab. And I'm like, yes! He talks about his kid. He talks about her kid and how Jaime's doing and how Sheila's doing and how he's doing. He's like, you know what? Fuck you! And, like, incredible. And then he hangs up the phone and turns around and sees little Liam playing in the dirt scooping up stuff with a little shovel that it's such a cute little shot he's just like digging also but also surprising that no one else grabbed him while going inside yeah but i love that rant on the phone to like the woman that lip thought he was going to be raising a child with and he like angrily slams it and then he turns and picks up his baby brother and takes care of him and like really cute and then in her room, Fiona is lays down and calls Jimmy and asks where he is, and he doesn't answer, and she rolls over and cries herself to sleep. Meanwhile, Jimmy is naked in bed with Estefania, you fucking asshole. <sighs> He's evil. What a bitch. And then we join Lip rattling the fence outside Mandy's aunt's house, screaming for Mandy to come down, and we look at her through the chain link fence, which again was a really cool shot. And she says, I'm not a tool, so you don't get to treat me like one. Sheila Callahan, you quotable bitch. Mm -hmm. So many good quotes in this episode. Lip sort of apologizes and convinces Mandy to come down. And they light fireworks and they cuddle and it's really cute. And I love Lip and Mandy when they get to be cute because Jeremy and Emma had like really good chemistry. Like it was it was really good. And like it was beautifully shot again with the fireworks going off and the glow of the fireworks against Mandy's face. Like it was really it was really beautiful. I love that all the fireworks just going off. Also that couch must be dirty as hell, but it I love yeah. it. Yeah. But like the fireworks going off and then the train like the slow motion trains passing by while it's happening. They're cute. So good. The next morning, Ian pulls a panel van up to Ned's house and Mickey and his brothers get out because uh, it's Iggy and I and some guy I don't recognize. Colin, I think. It's Iggy and some... Ri- no, it's not Colin because we've met Colin. Yeah. Colin is one of the bigger guys. I think it's just like legit, just some random... No, Colin is the one with the curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, curly yeah, blonde hair. Um, it's one of his cousins. It's just some guy. Go- yeah. It's just... It might be one of the cousins. I think they replaced the other cousin with Iggy Iggy. yeah because because it was easier to get Michael yeah so yeah they they jump out it's Mickey and his two brothers and they start going through their bag of guns and Ian's like whoa guys guys no guns it's just a drunk old lady in there so Mickey like reluctantly makes them put the guns away and the boys go into the house and then Ian lights up a cigarette in the in the van and Mickey comes running back in and kisses Ian on the mouth and then runs back out and flips him off 
<laughs> did you know that they were supposed to wear ski masks in that scene? Yes, I did see that original They script. were supposed to wear ski, and he was supposed to, like, pull up the ski mask, but that doesn't make sense to me because if the whole idea was that they go in during the day and they look like movers, why, why would they, they be wearing the... weird clothes, right? The ski mask yeah. thing. Yeah, because the writers were like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense, actually. And, like, yes, I very much did see the truck pulling up, pause the episode, write out exactly every single beat that happens in this scene, and then go ahead and watch it. Like, because I've seen it so many times. Because you're like, I know. I know. I know. I know. First Galovich lip lip lock, baby. That's the first one. We got it. Because Mickey Milkovich ain't afraid of shit except emotional intimacy. Good for him. And then, so he flips Ian's off, Ian off, and he runs back in the house, and Ian gets a cute little smile on his face, and uh, he smiling so big. At the Gallagher house, Fiona wakes up to the sounds of, like, the city people working on the water main and fucking panics, because they have to finish digging and find Ginger's body in the yard. Uh, and then it's, like, intercut between Fiona and, and what's happening at Ned's house, too. So over at Ned's, Ian and, um, Ian and Mickey and Mickey's cousins are stealing everything they could fucking carry. And then Mickey and Iggy get cocky and try to carry out a grandfather clock on their own. They're such fucking it's so idiots. funny. But it's too heavy. It falls. Because, like, there's, like, the beat and they, like, look at each other and the music stops. Yeah. And then it's just, like, Noel and J-Mac just. And then the the clock falls on Iggy. It's too heavy. So they wake up Jimmy's mom, who has a gun. So they drop the a shotgun they drop i mean the clock. good for her yeah they were breaking into her house they drop the clock and they go to run out but mickey does not run fast enough because she gets off a shot and she shoots him in the ass with a gu- with a shotgun and he's like no fucking way and he comes hopping out and he hops into the van and ian the ultimate dumbass like you got shot mickey and mickey's like yeah i fucking know i got shot try this reminds me <laughs> of one of my favorite ian moments ever and this is like when he's manic though but when in season four when frank's like on his deathbed in the hospital before they take him out because they're like he got a liver ian walks in and looks at frank and he just goes how you feeling how you holding up frank frank is fully in a coma <laughs> Oh, he's like he he's literally standing there he's like so how's it going frank but i literally i literally watched this scene again of, you got shot mickey yeah i fucking know i got shot and had the thought they get married they get married they're so stupid and at the pool debbie is putting dirt into bags and that's all we get from the context sandbags putting yeah and sandbags. i say again the gilmore girls to shameless pipeline continues with kiko agina i hope i pronounced that right aka lane kim of 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 Gilmore Girls playing the CPS agent who is now sitting in a car outside of the Gallagher house getting a lecture about how to handle her very first home visit. So like in between that scene is so funny though. Yeah. She's like don't sit on the couch don't make eye contact don't make a like it's so funny. So like they're sitting and she's going through it and she looks very nervous and very scared and then the van pulls up and Ian and Ian and Mickey's I think Iggy Ian and Mickey's brother carry a bleeding Mickey into the house and then the the other brother gets in the car and drives away. And like I love this scene Mickey bent over the kitchen counter while Ned taunts him like Mickey is suffering but it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. The way he slaps his ass the audible like smack. Oh no, after he pulls the bullets out but he- he, he he goes isn't it the toughest f beater this side of the chicago like this side of the mississippi and mickey goes fuck off fuck off <laughs> he was doing you a favor bitch and like i love there's like a really cool fade of non-diegetic to diegetic which means like 
sound that exists outside of the world of the show and then sound that exists inside the world of the show like through headphones oh or yeah whatever. this is really brilliant there's a really cool fade of that of like it is the overarching sound it is the sound in fiona's headphones it is the overarching sound again like it's really it pulses back and forth and it's really good this episode's really technically well done and I really enjoyed it. What, so what's happening at the pool? Why did Debbie make those dirt bags? Oh, it's so she could use them as weights to weigh herself down. And she goes, I'll show you tits. And she jumps in the pool and weighs herself down and drags one of the girls down to drown her. I love that laugh, Evan. Thank you. <laughs> girl boss. <laughs> uh, girl boss? She's just girl bossing. Yeah. And at the house, Kiko musters up her strength and gets out of the car. Uh, but in the house, the noise of Mickey screaming and the kids in the living room makes it hard for anyone but Carl to hear the knocking on the door. So he goes to answer it. Sorry, her character's name is Brittany. If you if you didn't remember that. Yeah, her character's name is Brittany. Yeah. So she introduces herself in, in a second. But yeah, the, the, this is, again, it's so technically well done. The chaos of like what's happening in the living room and her and then what's happening in the kitchen and Fiona in the backyard. Like it keeps cutting back and forth and the chaos is so good. Because meanwhile, while he's letting her in the front door, Fiona finds Ginger in the backyard and she gets, she finds her foot and she gets so excited. And then she runs inside and sees the bullet removal surgery happening on her kitchen counter with Mickey's ass. Okay. Can I just say this? Noel's scream is so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he's legit, like in pain. Yeah. In so much pain. He's like, ah! He is suffering. <laughs> she like walks in and she's like, what the fuck, Ian? He's like, sorry. Ian, what the fuck and he goes i can explain he can explain it (laughs) and so like she sees that happening and then she finally clocks that britney woman walking in she's like who the fuck are you and she's like i'm britney sturgis i'm with cps and and while that's happening debbie comes running in raving about the fact that she just drowned a bitch at the public pool and she's like nobody f's with debbie gallagher like right in front of britney the dfs agent and all of the chaos and everything, like, that happens with Debbie, and then all the chaos and everything, like, stops. And boom, credits. Like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. The music comes back for, like, a second, and then the after credit scene, we see Sheila in disguise, dropping the nun off outside of a church and leaving her there. Doesn't she, like, throw her suitcase into the street? Yeah, she does. <laughs> and, then it gets hit by, and then it gets hit by a bus. Yes, it does. Just like that guy in season 11. <laughs> oh. I can't even. Next week. And then uh, the credit music called, it's called The Store uh, by Toothpick Warriors. Okay. Next week on Shameless, DFS takes the kids and Fiona is losing her shit about it. Like, next week seems so serious because it is. Uh, Fiona is losing her shit about it, trying to get Frank to help get them back. And then the kids are getting split up into different foster homes. Mickey invites Ian over to his house, except Terry is going to catch them and call the Russian. Uh, And we'll put a trigger warning at the top of next week's episode because shit is going to get dark. Well, we'll just say it right here. In next week's episode, we are going to discuss uh, homophobia and homophobic beating and the forced rape of one of the characters that is going to be discussed next week. So that's your warning and we'll put a trigger warning at the top of next week's episode too. It's a lot. How do we feel about this week, all? 
I yeah, it is a great. It's a fun episode. It sets up for some drama. I think ne- the next episode is really like it's such a sad episode, but it's so brilliant, especially the title "Cascading Failures" because that she talks about like when a plane starts going down. And it's like oh my god, it really just was like one bad thing after yes. another mm-hmm. happening. And that's what this episode great felt episode. like. This episode felt a great. It was a great. It was like built a gradual build yeah. up. First of all, I love the the dual the duality of the title, the sins of my caretaker, like what's going on with, with Jody and Sheila, and then it's like so DPS is coming in because the caretakers aren't doing their jobs, like the sins of my caretaker. But also also Jimmy's whole thing, the sins of my caretaker, like his dad being like yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it tied in with almost every like storyline going on right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And, like, I love that it, it was chaos on chaos on chaos, like, just mounting and mounting, and it's crazy, and it's wild. And then I just loved that moment at the end, like, like the daycare was going crazy, and there's Everybody just, happening. like, stops. And, like, Debbie comes flying in, and Debbie, like, is, is like, panting and, like, huh, huh. And then everything just, like, and, like, quiet, a hush takes over the room. And then next week, that hush just continues with them, like... Oh, and the second half of the season is so good. 3B dominates. It's so sad. It's so sad, but it is, like, so good. Yeah. It's so well-written. It fucking parties. Like, it dominates. It's so, it's so good. Evan, what did you think? I really enjoyed this episode. It's just, like, it's basically just, like, the kickstart to the B of, like, season B. Like, I just... Uh, I I as as we said like next week's episode like even though it's so sad like this one sets up so much for it even though like I'm not ready to experience it all yeah uh so yeah that that was this week um like I said uh I I made an Instagram post about this but we are going back to the every two week schedule we did once a week when the show was airing because the show was airing and we (laughs) wanted to keep up with everything that was happening but uh we all have jobs and life and things are opening back up and the world is starting to turn again so we're giving ourselves I'm fully vaccinated now guys are we all fully vaxxed Yes. I think so, because Evan was a one-shot wonder. one-shot wonder. That Johnson and Johnson. Wait, you're Johnson and Johnson. Did you get Moderna? I did. I got Pfizer. (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) We got pretty bitches oh my god we're, we're such pretty bitches i love so this. if anybody has questions you can come <laughs> to us we whichever one you're getting we know. know so yeah so to give us breathing room this episode is going to air on may 11th we recorded it on may 3rd if anything happened between may 3rd and may 11th we don't know about it we that's because that's why we recorded this Oops. oh should we talk about noel hitting his head noel, noel posted just a photo with his head bleeding just blood out just he- on instagram <laughs> yeah he was like i was helping a friend move and i hit my head and then he like cut his head open but he's fine because head wounds like bleed a lot yeah. but i was just like dang what if they open up his skull and there's no brain in there <laughs> what if they just shave his head <laughs> done cam and cam and christian isaiah though commented on his his instagram and it was like really cute christian's like you're okay yeah. though right and he's like yeah buddy i'm fine i'm like oh so but yeah, cute. Noel's already got that Will Arnett hairline. Stop. So like, I don't, he doesn't need, I don't think they'd need to shave it. No. it he needs, <laughs> he has like bleached and blacked his hair like th- two times in such a short amount of time that like his hair's I'm gonna I'm sad fall that he out. already went back to the bleach blonde because his natural hair is like a little bit darker. Yeah. So why is he so bleached? Like he immediately, like he didn't even let it fade for like two seconds. Like they finished filming and he was like, okay, before I leave set. He was like, I'm he was done. Like, before I leave Goodbye, set, Nikki. you gotta whatever goodbye mickey
But thank you all. We got another lovely email today that I responded to somebody asking about what I thought about the Brad's baby part of the season 11 and um like the part where the they fact forgot that it got about dropped. it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, here's the thing. Oh, yeah. They forget about everything on this show. So we love getting emails from our listeners. Please keep emailing Please. us. That is so much fun. I enjoy that so yeah. much. Uh, and you can email us at luckwehadpod. You can follow us on Twitter at luckwehadpod. You can follow us on Instagram at luckwehadpod. Fellas, where can they you follow, follow you? You can follow us on Tumblr at luckwehadpod. You can follow us on Tumblr. You can follow us on TikTok. Are we going to start posting on TikTok? No, I don't think Maybe so. Maybe not. You can follow I have no us plans. I am, I am managing the Tumblr, though. Okay. And Lena is actively working on transcriptions and we'll start announcing when those come out when we have like a full season's worth or like whatever. Like we'll- It is going to take a really long time. It does take a super long time. Yeah, but transcriptions are coming, we promise. And thank you all for listening. And Lena and Evan, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Instagram at Kojak, C-O-J-A-C-K-K. They can find me on Twitter at Durs Holmvik, but the L is an I. Evan, where can they find you? You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at I Wanna Die 4000 and you can go ahead and find me on Twitter at Internet Life Yo. Nice. And thank you all again. Like we said, we're going to be coming every two weeks. Sometimes it'll be- Wait, Amanda, Amanda, where can they find you? you? Oh yeah, you can follow me at AbnormalAmanda on Instagram at AbnormalAmanda underscore 18 on TikTok. And uh, yeah, follow the show at LuckWeHadPod everywhere. And you, like I said, we're going to be coming every two weeks. And sometimes it'll be all three of us. Sometimes it'll only be two of us. And like, whichever two it is, we'll we'll vary. We'll have a great time no matter what. There are three of us Period. now, so that guarantees that at least two of us can record a fucking podcast every week. <laughs> we can have some banter. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to get the damn thing done, but we are so excited for so next excited. week. Oh, my God. So stick around. I'm nervous. Stick around. And uh, we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys later. Remember to we'll rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll see you guys all next time. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.